I'm your co-host, Michael Soto. And I'm your co-host, Landon Phillips. And, and we, we are, are Gender, gender curious. curious. The ways human beings experience and understand gender is constantly changing and evolving because human beings are constantly changing and evolving. This podcast is all about exploring all things gender with curiosity and not judgment. This podcast is for everyone who, like us, is interested in learning more about all things gender. As C.N. Lester said, by claiming that our words are too hard to understand, the media perpetuates the idea that we are too hard to understand and suggests that there's no point in trying. Of all words that are hard to understand right now, some of the biggest in the conversation are pronouns. Yes. So today we're going to talk about what are pronouns, how do we use them, why are they important with our very special guest, Anya. Let's get into Let's it. Get Let's get curious. Welcome, Anya. Thank you. Hello. Um, I'm Anya. Um, I use they, she pronouns. Um, I identify as non-binary. Um, yeah. What else? What else do we're I? related? We are related. <laughs> Landon is my brother. <laughs> That's awesome. Mm-hmm. Yep. The awesome Phillips family with us today. The cool kids. <laughs> yes, the cool kids. <laughs> yep. So Anya, we just wanted to have Anya on the podcast. That's true. Um, uh, and there's a million things that we could talk about with Anya. Uh, we thought pronouns would be fun. We actually had a listener request us specifically to talk about pronouns and specific things about the pronoun conversation. Um, and as somebody who uses uh, gender neutral pronouns and somebody who uses multiple pronouns using they and she, uh, I thought it'd be really fun to loop you into this conversation and we can talk um, talk about what that looks like for you, what your experience is. And we all have done some research on the history mm-hmm. uh, of pronouns, so it's gonna be really fun to talk about. Absolutely. Um, so we use pronouns every day for lots of reasons. Um, Anya, what's your experience with pronouns on an everyday use basis? Um, I use them all the time. Yeah. <laughs> every, every sentence almost. <laughs> well, I work in customer service, so I'm very, like, I do have to refer to people yeah. constantly to other people. Um, so pronouns are just a thing that I use without thinking about it, as most people do. Um, because if you just use them to refer to somebody when you're not using their name. Um, Yeah, in the workplace, I mainly use she, her, Mm -hmm. um, but I don't have an issue with that. I use both they and she. Awesome, yeah. My everyday experience with pronouns is also that I use them all the time. (laughs) I just use it a bunch of times saying I to refer to myself because I don't uh, refer to myself in the third person. Landon does not refer to Landon's self in the third person. That would be fun. So (laughs) I use I pronouns for myself. I use we pronouns. And I'm talking about how much fun we are going to have doing this podcast together. Um, Pretty much everything you Every conversation you have, everything you read, everything you see, there's pronouns are everywhere. It's any time that you are referring to somebody and you don't want to put a full name, yeah. you would use a little short. You use a he, you use a she, a they, a we, an it. Um, it's not just a transgender right. concept. We mm-hmm. all use pronouns and we use them all the time. We do. Well, yeah. I mean, some people don't use pronouns. That would take a like lot of personal, effort. Like personal, yeah, pronouns. personal pronouns. But like oh. conversationally, in, our, in the English language, pronouns are... Yeah. 
and in most languages. Yeah. Uh, All but four, we found out today. Um, Most languages, pronouns are very common. And I feel like it would be like I would have to concentrate really hard if I was going to try to not use pronouns in a day. That would take a lot of mental effort (laughs) because it's just how we speak, right? And Mm -hmm. it's how we Mm -hmm. talk about other human beings and you know it's just natural and how we all were trained to speak so yeah um, and think about people right we think of their name but also use those pronouns as that shorthand right to refer to a person that's already been named in a conversation perhaps or mm-hmm. right so yeah it would take a lot of effort to not use pronouns yeah. yeah yeah and a lot of the time it's not something that we think about you just use pronouns because that's yeah. part of our way of speaking and it's also kind of part of the rhythm of speech is balancing when and as a writer I think about this all the time like Mm -hmm. balancing when you use the long name versus the pronoun to like have an appropriate rhythm to speech like we do use it kind of musically Mm -hmm. uh, and strategically when we use a pronoun versus when we use a name and using a name makes it feel more like special and individual and like there's a whole like mini culture around pronoun use that's just a natural part of our language absolutely Um, but a lot of the like cultural conversation about pronouns that's happening right now is about gender identity Mm -hmm. um, and how people feel about people experiencing gender in a way that they are not familiar with and one of the like really really common ways that this is at the like forefront of people's thought is being asked your pronouns or people offering their pronouns when they meet so that's becoming more and more common to say like hey honey it's nice to meet you what are your pronouns Yeah, I have found that in my recent life, I've been friends with a lot more like people in the LGBTQ community because I'm finding community. (laughs) (laughs) And that's like always at social gatherings, we'll like introduce our friends who haven't met like, hey, this is so-and-so, they use these pronouns or hi, I'm Anya, I use they, she, what pronouns do you use? Just as a... It's, to me, like a sign of respect, kind of, to ask. Not that if you don't ask everybody what your pronouns are, you're being disrespectful, because that's something that people are getting used to doing. Yeah. Um, but to me, in these groups that I'm in, and these like social circumstances, it just like shows a lot of respect. Like, hey, I want to respect your identity. Mm-hmm. I want to refer to you and perceive you how you would like to be perceived and how it would make you happy. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I think it's pretty cool <laughs> it is and it for me it always signals like I just want to know you as a person too right yeah. like it's it's that way of just taking a little bit of an extra step in that introduction to to associate more with that person so that you remember them the next time you meet them right and so that you use uh, their correct name whether it's like nicknames right or you know or any other thing that's important or special you know about someone that you want to share so that when you see them again, there's that moment of recognition and you you understand they're talking to you, right? Yeah. So you're like, oh yes, hello. <laughs> it just, yeah, it just feels like, I don't know, respect and kindness and being a good person, right? And trying to get to know other people. Yeah. Mm-hmm. It can be really scary for a trans person or a non-binary person or somebody who doesn't present clearly their gender. Mm-hmm. Um, it can be a little scary to ask people to use your pronouns, to introduce yourself with your pronouns. Um, like if I'm, 
I, I don't, but say I'm presenting super, super masculine, and then I say I use she pronouns or I use they pronouns, and people are like, right. oh, that doesn't make sense to me. You know, like they get a little thrown off. Right. Um, so, so sometimes that makes people worried that they're going to have a negative reaction or they're worried that that's going to now like label them as the queer person in the room. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really awesome how many people are just right off the bat throwing their pronouns out there who are not genderqueer, who are mm-hmm. cisgender people who will put in their email signature, she, her, mm-hmm. or he, him. Or when they open up a meeting, they're like, thank you for coming today. We're going to talk about business business uh, and my pronouns are he him you know like I just think that's so cool that people are making that just like a normal little footnote that makes every person in the room comfortable like setting clear expectations and boundaries for how they want to be referred to in a way that is normal and not singling anybody out I think it's pretty pretty cool Yeah. yeah I've seen a lot well I've seen a lot of people do that in like particularly queer spaces, but also just like not, uh, like in the podcasting world, I don't know, podcasts that I listen to where they read listener stories, listeners will include their pronouns. And I just think it's making a really safe culture for people who, like you said, might not feel comfortable like outing themselves, even if, I don't know. Um, And I just like appreciate that that's how we're shifting Words like creating a safe space, like establishing that. I keep punching the table. I need to put my hands up. Um, like establishing that like base level of respect and like making sure everybody is comfortable. And like I am not really uncomfortable when anybody uses any pronoun for me. So as somebody in that position, when I introduce myself, I can say my pronouns. And then somebody who is more uncomfortable or like has a harder time standing up for themselves, like it allows for people to feel more comfortable. Mm-hmm. Feel mm-hmm. like I'm talking in circles. Yeah, <laughs> no, 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 yeah. It, you're right. You're right. And it, it takes the guesswork out of it, right? Like it mm-hmm. takes, um, there are lots of gender neutral names in the world, right? The, especially if you're reading something that someone has submitted to a, a radio show or a podcast or a television show or whatever it is, you might not know that person's gender by just their name, right? Because there are so many gender neutral names or names that are used in creative ways that you're like okay well I, you know what do I do here and so having those clues right that can really help to just have pronouns there so you're like okay now I understand how to refer to this person respectfully and politely and you know in a, in a way that um, I would hope that all people would re- you know refer to all human beings right and so yeah I think it's a it's a good way to kind of just create uh a level playing field that doesn't put the burden on on LGBT people or just on someone trying to introduce another human being that they don't necessarily that isn't necessarily in front of them, right? That they don't mm-hmm. know their gender. And so mm-hmm. there's lots of I think aspects to normalizing sharing pronouns that um, isn't political. It's really just about like good manners and respect, right? And, yeah. Like, yeah. Treating people with kindness. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> So we have been talking about how it makes people comfortable, it makes the environment safe. What is uncomfortable, what is unsafe about using the wrong pronoun? So if somebody is a guest on our podcast Mm -hmm. and she uses she, her pronouns, and we say he, Mm -hmm. what's what's wrong with that? Why is that, why is everyone making a big deal out of it? What's wrong if I mess up a pronoun? Like why is it that this 
safety and comfort is needed? I think it's, it has a lot to do with being perceived. And I don't know if everybody knows exactly what I mean by that, so I'm gonna try to explain myself. So if I am in a group of like ice skaters, cause I ice skate. Like when I'm in that group, I want them to perceive me as an ice skater cause I want to like relate to them in that way. And gender is a part of how you relate to people and pronouns are often like when somebody is using a pronoun to refer to you it often is like okay let me rephrase this <laughs> gender is a part of how you like relate with people um and so if somebody's using like the wrong pronoun for you it just like feels like they don't quite understand you i think like you were saying earlier you're like trying to get to know people by yeah. learning their pronouns and like how they navigate the world in that way so when somebody is like purposefully especially like miss using the wrong pronoun for you it's like a little hurtful because they're not trying to understand how you understand yourself sure. so yeah. just like in a group of figure skaters I want them to identify me as a figure skater or when I'm at work I want them to identify me as an employee who knows what I'm doing or I don't know just like it does have a lot to do with identity and when people don't like make an effort to understand that it's hurtful mm -hmm. no matter what gender you identify as or yeah mm -hmm. I just yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm imagining kind of like somebody works a woman works super hard works so hard in a field that is not common for women to succeed in. There's a lot of limits and barriers on women in this field. She works super hard, studies super hard, gets her doctorate, and then all of the men in her field refuse to call her doctor. Mm -hmm. mm. Yeah. You know, like just, it's it's a little title, it's a little world, but it does make a huge difference in, as, in terms of respect and honoring somebody yep. and the way that they see themselves and the work that they put into themselves and whatever it is. And I know it's not exactly the same, but um, using the pronoun that somebody has asked you to use, it's, it's like maybe another comparison is if I want to go, like I'm, I'm going into high school and I want to be my own person, but everybody just calls me Luke's little brother. Right, yep. <laughs> Which is not bad, like I love my older brother, <laughs> but like I'm trying to set my own identity, I'm trying to define my own identity and I'm being defined by other people as oh, the little brother, mm -hmm. oh, the, you know, like everybody has different labels for me and that's not the way that I'm trying to present myself. And sometimes the way the labels that they're using make me feel uncomfortable because that's not a part of myself that I like or I don't, I'm not comfortable with them pointing that out and around other people or, you know, like there's a lot of different ways that people can refer to you that can make you comfortable or uncomfortable. And for a lot of people, gendered pronouns is one of those things. And so even though it might seem small or simple, or it might seem like, oh, well, they'll just get over it. Yeah. it. It is like a, it does make a big difference for people. It does. I mean, it's, you know, I'm a very short person. So people could say, hey, Michael's that really short guy, you know, or that's that really short guy. That's true. I am very short. 
it's also maybe not the nicest thing to say about me <laughs> or maybe not the thing that is like the most defining factor in my life. Like I'm short, it's not a big deal to me. I can't do anything about it. Cool, I moved on. You know, like it's not something that defines my existence. So maybe it's not a, you know, a thing that is the right thing to call me, right? Because it's like, well, that's kind of you know, maybe being a little bit of a bully or being a little rude or, you know, or like, Landon, your name is Landon. If I decided that I was only going to call you Bob, um, that would probably be a little rude of me, you know? Like, and you're like, okay, well, quirky, weird dude calling me Bob all the time. It's weird, <laughs> and uh, I don't really like it because it's not my name, you know? It's like, it's respect, right? It's seeing other people as human beings and respecting who they are in the world <laughs> and, yeah. and 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 you know hope, i mean that gets returned too right like yes we can make nicknames up for people or call people certain things or call out different characteristics of individuals but folks who tend to do that are tend to be the bullies of the world right and like for me i would much prefer to know who you are as a person and call you by your correct name and correct pronouns and be respectful and kind to you and hope that you do the same for me and other people right like just because it seems like a lot of energy to actually not call somebody by their name by the pronouns they you know that that the pronouns that they identify with um and just by who they are and that's just that's going to take a lot of work on my end to like make something else up that i'm comfortable with <laughs> instead of what they're comfortable with yeah going yeah. real out of your way yeah to make somebody else uncomfortable yeah you know seem like the best use of your time no not really i feel <laughs> yeah, like there's a lot of not. other things i can do with my day that mm -hmm. will make me feel better and not hurt people and or at least not annoy them you know <laughs> even if it's not hurtful it's probably annoying so yeah <laughs> and like you're not always gonna say the right pronoun. Like right. sometimes you'll mess up or somebody will mess up for you. Um, I think something that really I've noticed in my own life and the lives of people close to me who um, often have the wrong pronoun used for them is when they point it out, the person will be like, oh, well, you can't just expect me to. Yeah. And like, I understand that sentiment. Like if you, say have a child who you've called one pronoun for 20 years and then you have to change it up it is going to be a learning curve and you'll yeah. have to get used to that but when somebody when you correct somebody on your pronoun and they say they make a whole big deal out of it yeah. or another instance uh, that I've seen is when somebody says the wrong pronoun and then like corrects themselves but very loudly and yeah. making sure everybody around knows like oh I said the wrong one I meant this that like can even if it's coming from a place of well-meaning, it can be hurtful, and I think it's important to recognize that. Like, when you do make a big deal out of it, either, like, getting mad at the person who's correcting you or, like, getting mad at yourself and just, I don't know. When you make a big deal out of it, it's, like, telling the person that, like, oh, you're such an inconvenience. Right. Like, it's... So if you... The point of this was to say that if you do mess up and you get somebody's pronoun wrong, like just quick correct yourself. Yep. You can move on. You can apologize if that's something you feel like they'll need, or if you were if you hurt them by doing that. Mm -hmm. But yeah, mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah, it's it's okay. We all make mistakes, right? Yeah. I mean, I sometimes we'll use the wrong pronoun for cisgender people and be like, oh, yeah, I'm tired today. Sorry, friend. You know, like, don't know where that came from. Um, but I think there's a difference. There's definitely a difference between 
everyday mistakes and you know sort of just us being human beings um, and people uh, using the wrong pronouns intentionally right like mm-hmm, I have for uh, sure and and I also think that the in those situations how we show up as trans and non-binary people can in some ways diffuse those situations mm-hmm. like I have an aunt who uh, I've been transitioning for almost 25 years um, she still uses female pronouns for me and this is doing this on purpose right and it's a fascinating thing. It used to make me very angry, and I would get upset, and you know, there would be a whole thing. It's been a long time since that happened because, in some ways, I realized that was the reaction she wanted, and so now I just ignore it, move on, you know. Or sometimes when we're in a public setting, uh, if we're out with family at a dinner or something like that, she will frequently use the wrong pronouns when referring to me to someone else, like the wait staff. And they will be very confused for a few mm-hmm. moments. And I will just use that opportunity to be like, I'm so sorry. She's a little senile. It's okay. <laughs> it's fine. Cause You're not the one getting embarrassed in those situations. Exactly. And I just say, we're good. Don't worry about it. She's just she's getting older. It's okay. You know, and I don't mean to, that's not ageist. In, in, I'm not, you know, that's an ageist <laughs> thing to say, but it's not meant that way. It's meant to diffuse the situation so that that third party isn't uncomfortable by my aunt's discomfort with my gender and you know and so because that i have transitioned to a point where most people if you use she and her for me are like who are you talking about like they'll literally look around for someone they're not associating that with me and so to try to diffuse the situation make this third party that has no need to be uncomfortable because of a family dynamic feel okay and <laughs> move forward and yeah. and also not get upset about it, right? And just kind of diffuse that moment and be like, it's okay, we're fine, you know? Or I'll just be like, don't worry about it. I'll take this, you know what I mean? And like, just not make a big deal out of it so that she's not getting what she wants from that situation by using the wrong pronoun. She's not upsetting me. She's not hurting me in any way because it doesn't matter, you know? I'm just yeah, like- Yeah, you're not letting it- Yeah, I'm not letting it get to me and just being like, okay, you do you. It doesn't impact my life. I'm going to keep living my life, doing my thing. Yeah. And you can use the wrong pronouns all you want. It just looks silly at this point and <laughs> people uncomfortable. So sorry. That's funny. Yeah. I've been the third party oh, in gosh. that kind of situation. And, yeah. and, and I know you have too, because we have worked customer service jobs together where um, there will be like a parent with a child yeah. and the child is clearly presenting or trying to present a certain way and is clearly uncomfortable when the parent is very strongly gendering them right. or using a certain pronoun. Yeah. And it's it is uncomfortable to be that third party cuz yeah. like I like I'm not going to get in their business. Right. And I don't want to <laughs> like say it's hard to know what to say. Yeah. Or like well how should I now refer to the child because I don't want like right. the parent to get mad at them for what I've said, or I don't know. It's a weird situation. Yeah, that can make people beyond the trans or non-binary person in that equation, or even the cisgender person that's maybe struggling with a trans and non-binary person's identity. It can make other people uncomfortable too, sometimes. Mm -hmm. So, like, again, that's why, like, I always go back to, like, that basic respect, you know? Like, I don't have to to agree that your nickname is a name that I like to call you that name, if that's the name you want to be called, right? Like, you don't need my approval for that. I should just call you the name that you've asked me to call you you know same thing for pronouns like you don't need my approval i just i'm just gonna do what you ask me to do because that's like the respectful thing to do Mm -hmm. i used to be really sensitive about pronoun use um 
And there's a term, I don't think we've dropped the term in this episode yet, but misgendering okay, is yeah. the word mm-hmm. for, that a lot of people use for, like, if somebody uses a gendered term incorrectly for you. So, yeah. like, using the wrong pronoun or, like, if somebody were to call me a girl, right. that would be, like, I've been misgendered is what we call it. Um, I used to be way more sensitive to being misgendered because I was so insecure. Mm-hmm. And, like, every single day of my life, I was fighting for my life to just like hold my head above water and exist safely and be honored by anybody. Mm -hmm. And so having anybody intentionally or unintentionally, even the most like well-meaning mistake from a stranger, like hurt deeply because it was just another reminder that like, I was so afraid, like what if it never gets better? What if nobody ever accepts my identity? And there were so many like hurt and struggling feelings inside and so much dysphoria that even the smallest misgendering was very hurtful. Do I think that the people who did that were horrible, terrible people? Do I think they were transphobic? No. Um, But it was hurtful to me and that's something that I had to deal with and I really appreciate the people in my life who were able to like recognize that and try to do better and and I do understand why some people get defensive because they didn't mean any harm and it hurts to be told you're transphobic, you're a terrible person for an honest mistake. So then people get defensive and then that escalates it. So I, I understand why people don't want to be like accused of hurting someone when they didn't mean to hurt anybody. Yeah. Um, but it does, I mean, it does hurt. So, yeah. <laughs> um, but now, now I don't mind as much and I get, I have funny people in my life. I have, I don't have anybody right now who actively like misgenders me to try to make a point. Like yeah. I don't have anybody that's like that. I have some people that just like cannot catch up some dear loved ones of mine that just can't yeah. get with it. But they try, but then oh. sometimes they'll make like a really big deal of like, oh my gosh, I do this all the time. And I'm like, okay, the waiter does not need to listen to you tell everybody <laughs> about how you do this all the time. Like, let's just move on. <laughs> and then I have a coworker. She doesn't listen to this podcast. If she does, I love her dearly. <laughs> now I'm gonna tell the story anyway. Um, but she misgenders me all the time. Yeah. Um, like with pronouns. Mm. And um, which I don't, at this point, I don't care. Like, I literally don't care. Like, I would prefer people to use my preferred pronouns, but like, whatever, like a slip, I don't, I don't know, it doesn't bother me. Um, especially because it's the same boat where when she does it, everybody else is like, who are you talking about? Right. Like, what, like, are, you, where, what, what are you talking about? Yeah. So like, it doesn't bother me, but she will find any excuse to like explain why she would have said that pronoun. That was not because she was thinking of me in a feminine way, right. which is like, it's because she's trying not to hurt my feelings, not because she's trying to like save herself. Yeah. So like she did it a couple days ago and then like came running up to me later and was like, oh, earlier I said she, and that was su- such a weird moment because like I was talking to you and then I looked away and I saw this like picture on the wall that had a girl in it. And then that reminded me of my friend who's also a girl. And then I was thinking about what I want to do with her later. So then I was thinking about she, and then the word she just came out of my mouth. And I'm like, you don't have to like explain it that hard, <laughs> but it's, it's pretty cute that she like really wants to make sure that like, I don't think that she thinks yeah. differently of me than I want her to think, which I, I really appreciate. It's really cute, but yeah. it's funny. People have a lot of different reactions to being the recipient and the like, Perpetrator is such a strong word, but like perpetrator <laughs> of right. misgendering, you yeah. know? I think, yeah, that's an interesting thing, especially when I, I think this is an opportunity for grace, right? Because nobody wants to, people don't want to be labeled as being hurtful or hateful people, mm-hmm. especially when they're just growing and learning, right? And that's, 
that's a challenge for all of us. I mean, I've got lots of things in my life that I have to grow and learn into before I'm comfortable with it. And um, that may not be pronouns for me, but that can be many other things in life. And so, you know, being labeled as a transphobic person, right, is there, most people don't want that, right? Because they, most people don't necessarily know that they know trans people, let alone would dis want to think that they dislike trans people, right? And so I think that's a good opportunity for trans and non-binary people to give grace and to model, you know, of like, it's okay, it's okay if you make mistakes. I know you're trying, you know, you're my friend, you're showing me respect in lots of ways, and I'm showing you respect. And, and then it, I found that it comes easier when people feel like there is grace and they're not as anxious, you know, because that anxiety kind of becomes mm -hmm. a feed loop, mm -hmm. feedback mm -hmm. loop like yeah. we were talking about just now. And I mean, there was a time in my life when being misgendered hurt me a lot too, and I would get very upset about it and just, it was not pretty. Um, but I remember my dad having a conversation with him um, on the phone because we were had a, this was during a very tumultuous time in our uh, relationship. And I was trying to explain to him why something that he was doing at the time by the, that did not make me feel seen um, was hurtful. And I said to him at one point, I was like, I just want you to, you know, not hurt me. I just want you to be, you know, like, um, not like, I think I said, I want you to be accepting of who I am and not hurtful. And he said, that's not actually what you're asking me for. You're telling me that you want me to validate who you are and tell you that I agree with who you are. And I don't. And he was like, but you don't need me to. And I was like, you are your own human being. If you are happy, that's enough. And like that moment, that weird conversation with him as we were like fighting on the phone <laughs> when I was, I think, 19 and a half or something, was this weird turning point for me where I was like, oh, you're right. I don't, I don't need your approval. Okay. And I was like, oh, and I hung up because I was 19 and a half and I was really mad that he was right. And I was like, <laughs> hung up. Uh, but as I thought about that, I was like, no, he is right. Like, I don't need his approval. And I can as a, you know, as a human being who is worthy of respect and dignity can say, these are my boundaries, even with my father or with anybody else. Like this is my name and these are my pronouns. And, and if that is not something that you can respect and, and treat me with, I can remove myself from the situation as a grown person. It doesn't have to be dramatic. It's just a boundary that I have. And I don't have to engage anymore if that's not something that you can respect. And that was a game changer for me when I was like, oh, I get to, I get to make a choice here. <laughs> I get to be like, oh, if this doesn't work for me, I can no longer engage in this. Great. Okay. <laughs> so that helped me a lot. I don't know. It's a simple thing, but it was very helpful in my sort of process. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah. I think I had some similar like turning points to that yeah. of it's, it's a weird process because like, I don't want to say, you don't need anyone to validate you because, like, vulnerable people, especially people who, like, if it's your love language to receive words of affirmation and nobody is affirming your gender like that, <laughs> that sucks, that hurts. Yeah. So I don't want to say, like, oh, you don't need anyone, whatever. But also, you don't need you anybody don't, yeah. to validate you. Well, yeah. How I think of it is you don't need somebody to tell you that your experience is valid for it to be valid, yes. but it feels really good to be around people yeah. who agree that your experience is valid. Yes, yeah. so yes. Like you that's don't very good. need it, but right. you it's very comforting yeah. and like helpful and healthy to, <laughs> to have it. 
Yeah, well, that's what good boundaries are for, right? For yes. people that can't give you that. It's okay to step away from those relationships at times and, mm-hmm. and then find people that do give you that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. I would love for you to weigh in on you about misgendering because your relationship with gender is just different <laughs> as a like non-trans person. Yeah, for sure. Um, so what do, like, do you experience misgendering? And if you do, what does that look like for you? Or what does that mean to you? Yeah, I don't actually really relate to being misgendered because I don't, I am blessed, I guess, to have people often assume the gender that I do identify more with. Um, um, oh, you had said this the other day, and I really liked how you put it because I didn't, not that you put words in my mouth, but I didn't like think of it like this before. I'm like, hey, can I define your identity for hey, you? Let me tell you about your gender. <laughs> <laughs> no, so well, so you had said that like my gender identity isn't about dysphoria because I don't experience dysphoria. I don't. I pretty much identify with being a woman, um, or being not a man. <laughs> um, so it's less about dysphoria and more about euphoria. So. For instance, when somebody is referring to me as they, like Landon will often say, when talking to our friends, they'll be like, oh yeah, Anya was telling me that they did whatever the other day. Yeah. And like, it just like makes me feel so happy. Because <laughs> I, uh, to me, um, because it's not about dysphoria and not about like a, it's more about expression to me um, and not about my body or like my, biology because I don't really know my biology honestly <laughs> um, so it's I think of gender and pronouns to me as a tool that I use to relate to other people yeah so I use she her because I was raised as a female in a pretty gendered world like I it's maybe less gendered <laughs> than it was but it's still gender is a very relevant part of yeah. The society and culture that I was raised in. So I relate to women and people who also grew up being socialized female. Um, but I also love using they, them because I think of myself as more than a gendered person. Like yeah. that's not the most important thing to my identity. So using they, them allows me to really feel like I can just be myself and be all the things that I feel I am, regardless of what gender I am, or what gender people assume I am, or assign to me. So there's like, I'm an artist, I like to write, I tell stories, I sing. There's like all these parts of me are more important to me than my gender. And so my pronoun use in my gender expression is more about just being how I feel like I want to be that day. <laughs> so, yeah, I often I'm dressed in a more feminine way, but it doesn't like feel any worse or better to dress masculine in general. Some days I'm like, oh, I want to be more masculine today, or I really want to wear a dress and makeup and feel pretty. Um, and I had one more other thing that I forgot. <laughs> so that's that, I guess. <laughs> that's awesome. I like. Um, Oh, oh, so misgendering. So I have actually been misgendered, I guess. 
Um, I'm using a lot of air quotes, but this is a podcast. (laughs) (laughs) So um, I have had people, like, because I have short hair, um, I had a pixie cut before, and then I grew it out, and now I have a buzzed head. Um, I have had people say, like, like, oh, can you go get him for me? Like, I hear people at my old job, and then I'll, like, come up, and they're like, oh, yikes. But it doesn't, (laughs) like, it doesn't bother me. It honestly, to me, I kind of like it because I'm like, oh, they didn't know what, they didn't, like, know (laughs) what gender I was, (laughs) which is, like, kind of a euphoric feeling for me. Um, So, yeah, that's how I, like, I don't really experience the misgendering as much, Mm. but, yeah. I was going to super change the subject. Okay. So. <laughs> yeah, I'm going to jump in then. Uh, I can relate to the euphoria around the right pronouns. And um, I just remember, you know, the first times that people used the correct pronouns for me. Um, it felt so wonderful, right? And even still, like, I just, you know, people using the right pronouns and the right name for me feels so good and just will make me smile sometimes for no reason other than just like, oh, this just so many years, right, of not having that just makes me appreciate every time someone uses he and him for me and uses my correct name. It's just a beautiful feeling where I'm just like, I feel respected yeah. and seen and cared for. And that just, I feel like my dignity as a human being is, is validated in those moments. And that is so much of a better feeling you know it's such a better feeling than the decades that i spent people using she and her for me or using the wrong name that was that's not fun and it always it it just never i don't know like when someone uses when someone says hey michael or uses he and him for me like it registers for me you're talking about me when they would use my you know my former name my birth name and my and, and she and her pronouns, it never registered that, oh, you're, you're talking about me. Like, you know, it, would, it was a concerted effort. And now that isn't there. It's just, oh, that's so nice. Yeah, I'm right here. What do you need, you know? So I love that, talking about that euphoria piece because it just yeah. feels good. It's just nice to be seen by other people. For sure. A lot of that, I, I love he, him pronouns. Um, I don't love she, her pronouns. And I use they, them pronouns as well. Um, I'm very comfortable with them. And I often do feel euphoric. Like, I do feel happy when people use gender-neutral pronouns. Um, Not because I prefer them over he, him pronouns, but sometimes there are scenarios where it's just nice to know that the person that is talking about me is seeing what I'm doing and honoring what I'm doing or my accomplishment or whatever it is regardless of gender and just like removing gender from it and using they them can be really awesome um they them has also been i didn't use it for a long time because kind of in in the first queer world that i was a part of which was a very conservative queer world um a lot of people would use gender neutral pronouns so they would use like a singular they them pronoun when they were wanting to honor that somebody didn't want to use their pronoun assigned at birth, um, but they also didn't quite want to validate their true gender, and so they then was like a really safe way to not offend anyone while also not validating anybody. Oh, interesting. And so they them, to me, was associated with like, people are just afraid to use my pronouns, so they're mm-hmm. using they them because that's like a really soft way to like not have me cancel them, mm-hmm. but they also don't want to say that I'm a man. Mm-hmm. 
Um, it's the same, there's a lot of words that are like that to me, like spouse. I didn't ever, when I was married, I didn't want to be called a spouse because in my world, that's what people said when they didn't want to say he has a husband, they would say spouse because it's genderless and then you don't have to talk about the fact that it's gay. Interesting. You know? So like there's a lot of gender neutral words that I like was almost traumatized by yeah. um, because yeah. of how they were used to avoid validating, like to yeah. live in this weird, um, like limbo space, right. um, but now I've like moved out of that and and figuring out who I am and stuff. But gender neutrality has always been a huge part of my worldview. Like when I was a kid, none of my toys had genders. <laughs> they would have a gender during the game, but like, oh, today this puppy is going to be a mom dog, oh. and this dog is going to be the dad. And then the next game, and a lot of games, none of them, I never decided genders for any of them because it didn't didn't matter to the game. You know, so like I. I've always just felt like Landon gender, and that mostly is he, him, sometimes it's they, them, and now I'm learning to celebrate using that gender neutral pronoun in a positive way and not in a like negating way. Yeah. Um, but I would love to just talk for a second about what gender neutral pronouns even are and where they come from. Like why, because some people who are listening to this might be like, you keep saying they, them, like what the heck does that even mean? Yeah. Um, and a lot of people are alarmed by it. I, even as like an out trans person, had a hard time adjusting to my friends who use gender neutral pronouns when I first had friends that were like, I use they, them pronouns. And I was kind of like avoidant almost of those friendships because I didn't want to mess up and ruin our friendship. Yeah. But I had never used pronouns that I was used to using to refer to like plural third person right. um, to refer to a singular person. So it was kind of like an adjustment. So. I do, I do know that it's an adjustment and it can be weird for people, so let's, let's talk about it. Yeah, yeah, so where do gender neutral pronouns come from? So, um, they've been used for a while. Yeah. <laughs> As many people don't know, um, I'm, I don't think this is the first instance, but um, Shakespeare used they, them as a singular yeah. pronoun. Um, in A Comedy of Errors, and he had said, well, I'll just read the line. So he says, there's not a man I meet but doth salute me as if I were their well-acquainted friend. So I don't know, I really like when I found that, <laughs> I think it was so interesting because he already says man, like yeah. he establishes the gender, but then he still uses they. Um, and I think I have gotten confused and I think a lot of people get confused with they because it is used often as a pronoun like for non-binary people, mm -hmm. but it can also be used as just like a gender neutral across the board. It can be referring to anyone. Yep. I think this is like a really good like example of that if people are having a hard time like identifying that. Yeah. So like if I don't know somebody's like pronouns, I'll just say they, mm -hmm. and it's not because I'm saying, oh, they're non-binary. It's because I'm saying, oh, I don't know how they like to refer to themselves yet. Yeah. So I'm gonna use they until I do know. Yeah. That's brilliant. I love that. And so it's been around for a while. I don't know if either of you <laughs> know exactly when. Um, if I unlock my laptop. Um, well, I I got in trouble in school one time. I got in like a big fight with a teacher in like second grade because I was <laughs> like, I thought I was going to be this famous author and I wrote all the time and I like carried a little notebook around with me and I wrote and I wrote, I was writing this story and there was somebody like a dark figure in an alley that was approaching. And I didn't want to say whether the cloaked figure was a man or a woman. And I wasn't going to write the cloak, like he or 
she, he and or she, he, you know, like it just made sense to be like, they walk closer. Like that just felt like the natural, like I didn't have any sort of concept of like non-binary pronouns. I just like, that felt like the natural way to refer to somebody that you don't know the gender of or don't want to disclose the gender of. And we do that all the time. Yeah. Like if you see a dog running down the street, you're not gonna be like, oh no, somebody lost his or her dog. No, someone lost their dog. Like we say there, them, that we use it all, all the time yeah. to refer to people who we don't know what the gender is or it doesn't really matter what the gender is, but there's just like some singular unknown person. Um, and people, I see people using it in like in tweets about how they don't like that people use gender neutral pronouns. They'll be like, people are so annoying. Like I knew this person and they wanted to use gender neutral pronouns. Like you just did it, yeah. you just did it. It's so easy. We do it all the time without thinking, yeah. but it's when you have to now apply that intentionally to a singular known person, right. which is when it kind of like stops computing a little bit. I've yeah. got a funny little <laughs> insert. Um, I have a loved one who has a child who uses they, them pronouns. And uh, um, this person is trying to talk about her daughter in a, like using they, them. Um, and she was really having a hard time with it because she was overthinking it. Because a lot of people don't realize that they use these pronouns all the time. And she was like, she, was, she had said something and used the wrong pronoun and was like, oh, sorry, I meant they dyed they hair. I'm like, oh, you've got the spirit. <laughs> oh. <laughs> it's, it's interesting when it like comes so naturally, like I'm sure in that same conversation, she had said they like just regularly. Yeah. Um, but when people have to think about it, it becomes this whole other monster that they've got to tackle. Yeah, it's, uh, so the first, the Oxford English Dictionary first records they as a singular pronoun in 1375. So that was over wow. 600 years ago. So humans have been doing this for a long time. I think as you two have pointed out, it's, there's today in our current society, there's a, a stigma or perhaps even a politicization mm -hmm. around using they as mm -hmm. a singular pronoun for non-binary people or for trans people. But we do it all the time for all people. Um, just, you know, Landon, as you pointed out, it's a lot easier to say that's their dog than that's he or her dog, right? Or, mm -hmm. <laughs> you know, like, you know, he slash her's dog. We don't yeah. need whatever it is. Um, it's just less clunky. And so that's a part of language too, right? Is that we're constantly finding ways to um, use language to evolve, to be less clunky, to describe people better. Um, but right now we've got this sort of sticking point in American culture, at least, mm -hmm. where using they as a singular pronoun has become very much a, a political act instead of an act of respect. Yeah. yeah. And it's been, it's been a political act for a while, but not just in terms of like the trans community and non-binary community, but just in feminism in general, mm -hmm. The fact that the English language does not have a gender-neutral singular pronoun mm -hmm. is well, an does. issue. So they um. well, well, yeah. But I mean, like, that's like it doesn't have an established regular, like, they them is something that we later adapted, and a lot of people don't like. And there's people who have other like there are a lot of other gender-neutral pronouns that people prefer over they and them. Mm -hmm. That's kind of like still develop, like I, I think that's still, like language is still developing in that sense where I don't know that we've settled on something that everybody agrees is the natural 
pronoun like in a lot of grammar books like it's not it's not established really yet sure a hundred percent that they them is the way to go people are still trying to come up with new pronouns trying to add new ones like let's just come up with it, its own word and not be confused with they because it does get confusing because that's also plural sometimes so um there is like there is just this weird gap in the english language that a lot of other languages don't have they just have a word for that or they don't have their their pronouns aren't gendered to begin with so it doesn't matter right but having like having all of our laws written with with he mm -hmm. where like this general he universal he where the assumption is that it means everyone but it only really means everyone when it comes to who has to pay fines and taxes and go to jail it doesn't really mean everyone when it comes to who gets to actually experience the benefits and privileges of living in society so having this flexibility of like who what does he mean in law um has been pretty like a pretty big deal in trying to get women the right to vote mm -hmm. and having that like the lack of a gender neutral pronoun and then trying to redefine what does he mean and now that opens up the door for lots right. of rights for women so this the pronoun thing has been a conversation for a long time like using they them as a gender neutral pronoun gender neutral pronouns in general is not just something that happened in the last three years because of trans people. No, it's it's been, yeah. you know, it's been happening. Yeah. It's just now trans people are kind of like the focus of right. this. This is the new version social of politicizing. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. So now that that's the political right. issue, yeah. um, that's, you know, yeah. that's what everybody thinks of now when they are thinking of this pronoun conversation. Yeah, absolutely. It's really interesting because there have been like a lot of this pronoun debate like for centuries, mm -hmm. like you said with like the women's suffrage movement, but like the word you mm. wasn't a singular pronoun until like the 17th century. Wow. So there's like things have been changing and evolving forever because language does that. And so it's, it's kind of interesting to sit back and like take a look, like yeah. get some perspective, like, oh yeah, you was plural and yeah. now it's singular. And like, that's what, future Americans are gonna think like, oh, they was strictly yeah. plural. Um, but just like the, oh no, where I lost it, I had a quote. Oh, Landon and I were reading a book <clears throat> by, um, oh no, I lost it again. Dennis Barron, <laughs> uh, he has a book called What's Your Pronoun? Mm -hmm. um, it's very interesting and it talks a lot about the history um, and about how people have been trying to think of gender, gender neutral pronouns like since before, I mean, they, the one that I had an example of, they used a as a pronoun oh. for a person um, to be gender neutral or like thon and thon self in the mm -hmm. 1800s. Like it's been happening for so long and a lot of people don't realize that because it's been recently politicized right. and like put in a context that people are willing to fight about. Yeah. yeah. Um, unfortunately. <laughs> yeah. Instead of just uh, people that study rhetoric and grammar fighting about mm -hmm. it. Instead, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Which, that's fine. No, no. Just, no but yeah, I, that's yeah. so interesting that, you know, this in such a great point about language evolution that, you know, in the English language, people searching for singular, you know, pronouns that are not gendered or, you know, new words for this. I mean, that's such a beautiful part of our language and all language. Um, and it is sad to me that we're seeing that 
being used as sort of a litmus test of like where you, who you are politically or what you believe in. It's it's a strange thing to me because it's just, I don't know. Mm -hmm. Again, for me, it's a lot about respect, um, yeah. not about who you vote for, or those yeah. sorts of things. <laughs> um, mm -hmm. But I wanted to play a little bit of a game. Uh, so it's uh, 2023 right now. Um, so I thought it'd be fun to look at words and slang that was popular in 1923 um, and try to guess what it means. Oh, that's fun. Okay. Oh, my gosh. Okay. <laughs> I'm so excited. change, right? It changes a ton. Uh -huh. So, okay. So I have some, uh, some words here. Um, what comes to mind? What do you think the term know your onions means? Oh. Okay. Okay. This is my very elaborate. Let's hear it. I have no, I have no idea for okay, the record. Okay. Like I don't know. Right. But we work in, Ani and I work at a floral warehouse, yeah. and a lot of the flowers that we get in are in the onion family. Fascinating. And yeah, they all like smell onion. like onion, and no so way. knowing my onions to me means like being able to recognize that even there's like a huge variety of different types of flowers and stuff. They oh all have, gosh. you know, like I just have to know my onions. I got to know how to identify them. That's awesome. So in other words, it means. Um, that you appreciate diversity, <laughs> but also know what things smell like. <laughs> know what things smell like, I love it. Well, I had a separate answer, and Kay. you influenced my oh, answer. Oh, sorry. <laughs> well, no, because I was also gonna guess, like, know your, like, know the difference between the onions. Mm -hmm. I'm imagining mm -hmm. a farmer okay. talking okay. to Another farmer. Sure, sure. Uh, one is an onion farmer, ah. uh, and the other one is not. Is maybe not. Mm. I don't know. Anyway, the onion farmer has got to know his onions. Like he's got to know. That's fair. Like the subtleties and the differences in whatever it is true. that they're talking about. Yeah. In, yeah. In a roundabout. That's my guess. Okay, roundabout <laughs> way. It, it was 1920s slang for being knowledgeable about a particular subject of any kind. Uh, hey. Okay, so, okay. so yeah, being yeah, knowledgeable yeah. about onions yeah. would be one of those. It could yeah. be one. <laughs> uh, what about uh, if I were to say uh, that you're an Oliver Twist? What would that mean? Oh boy, I have no. I don't even know the plot of Oliver Twist. This is embarrassing. It's okay. It's okay. <laughs> I know there's maybe a Disney movie with a cat. Oliver. <laughs> there was a Disney movie with a cat named Oliver Twist. The cat's name was Oliver Twist. Wasn't it? Well, or the was movie it the dog? is like Oliver know. and Company. Yes, something. you're right. Oliver okay. And okay. Company. I, um, okay. I read Oliver. Is the book just called Oliver Twist? I think so. That's not just a character's name. I don't know. I well, I read whatever the book was. I read it okay. in elementary You're school. You're really and convincing <laughs> right now. <laughs> and we had to take these like reading comprehension tests, uh -huh. and then you got points. And I was like really competitive about the points, oh, I but guess. I didn't realize that I had read the abridged, uh, like an abridged version of it. And I got like I failed the test, and I couldn't ever retake it. So I could never retake the Oliver Twist test, oh. and I lost all the points, and I was so upset about it. So being an Oliver Twist means um, greatly misunderstanding. Uh, the expectations and failing. Oh, failing is okay. <laughs> I'm imagining it means being a cheeky little lad. Ooh, <laughs> I like that one. That's good. I mean, well, the character was a, a beggar in 19th century London, but that's not what it means. It means being a good dancer. Oh. So. Okay. Interesting. That's kind of fun. I want to bring these back. I know. I want to bring these back too. Okay, I've got one more for you. Okay. Um, okay. So if I were to say the bank's closed, what would that mean? It's like, what's done is done. Uh, you know, like the uh, bank's closed. Bank's like, closed. 
Okay. That's my guess. Okay. Landon? Um, the bank is closed. Based off of Michael's reaction, I did not get it right. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Okay, I think if the bank is closed, then um, you are trying to commit a crime. Wow. Uh, and embarrassed yourself because do the doors it. were locked. This yeah. happens locked. a lot, by the uh, way, in 1920. Apparently, <laughs> yes. Uh, it actually means uh, that you're showing too much in terms of public displays of affection. It's similar to get a room today. Interesting. I would not, what? Yeah. I would not have guessed that. Yeah. So language yeah. is fun and ever <laughs> yeah. evolving and changing. And we can see in just a couple of examples from, you know, 1923 that it's hard to, you know, sort of guess what something could mean if it's not commonly mm -hmm. used today. And yeah, so honestly. I, I'm, yeah, I, weird, right? But super fun. Yeah, I can't even understand what my younger brother is saying most of the okay. time. Okay, <laughs> fair, fair. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> but ima imagine, like, if if you could not add, let's say, after the year 1500. Yeah. No changes are allowed to be made to oh the gosh. English language. You know, like, that is the English language. That would be wild. How at all would we communicate anything that is happening in this room? We like th this microphone, no word for it. Yeah, like yeah. Th you couldn't even describe most of the materials that it's like made out of. Mm -hmm. We cannot describe television. the fact that we're recording a television. You know, yeah. like there so much about the way that we live in the modern age. Yep, is all vocabulary. Like it came from root words that are you know sure. from forever ago, which also at some point were just made up. Yeah, <laughs> at some <laughs> point all words were just made up, yeah. and they're continuously being made up, and we need them to be because our needs are changing. Yep. Yep. And that's just like the natural course of life. Wouldn't it, like I've only been alive for twenty something years, twenty six years. So <laughs> I only have this twenty six year window of our society that I've viewed. And a lot of things change in twenty six years, but yeah. also in the grand scheme of like human history, not a lot changes in twenty six years. Yeah. So having anything change like, oh pronouns are changing, oh so much is changing, like I'm gonna freak out. But like if you like zoom out a little bit more, like if you step back it's constantly changing. It has never been yeah. solidified. Like all languages everywhere <laughs> are constantly evolving. Yeah. And so every person I think in our lifetime, we're like, oh, the kids these days, like they're ruining our language with their fancy slang. But then that becomes oh, the well, new normal. And then it's the next generation's turn to ruin our language. And then fair. that becomes normal. It's very true. That is very true. <laughs> I want to bring this up in regards to like, like languages evolving based on a society's needs. Yeah. Like there are in like Northern native like cultures, there's like a whole bunch of different words for snow. Yeah. I live in Southern Arizona. <laughs> I ha have like one word for snow, <laughs> <laughs> snow. snow. <laughs> um, <laughs> so, and so they have all these because they know their onions. They know the difference. <laughs> like there's like, oh, it's, so relevant to that culture, yeah. like extremely relevant. And then Landon, you had said this earlier to me before we started recording. But it's okay. You can take credit for it. I am. <laughs> um, <laughs> well, like because they have all of these words, they like become more sensitive to it and more knowledgeable about it. And like it means more. Yeah. So it's kind of like a little cycle. Mm -hmm. yeah. um, and so as we, I like specifically the place I live because I don't really know <laughs> anywhere else, even in America, how it is. Um, but like as the 
as people are exploring gender expression and coming into their own and like navigating a world that is moving towards less like gendered expectations. Yeah. Um, like, of course, we're gonna need more words, like more pronouns. Like, there's not just two experiences. Like, sure. it's not just male and female. Right. Like, there's so many others, and even if, like, you do identify as a female, you can use whatever pronoun you feel works for you because, like, you can have you can have that. Like, our language is mm -hmm. evolving to include so many experiences. Yeah. And I think it's really great that we get to celebrate like diversity in that kind of way. Yeah. Like. It's maybe it's a lot, but <laughs> there's a like a lot of pronouns. But isn't it so cool that like I have friends that use so many different ones? Like I have so many unique friends. Like that's so cool to me. That is cool. And I just think it should be cool to everybody. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, and and if if uh, you are a woman and you identify with she and her pronouns, that's wonderful too, right? Like yeah. we can celebrate all of it. Like yes. You know, like we should. I mean, that's for me. That's always the goal. Like I want people to feel like they are deserving of dignity and respect to the fullest extent, no matter who they are. And that's why no matter the pronouns you use, like I wanna celebrate that with you. Mm -hmm. I wanna be happy about that for you. And I wanna use the right pronouns for you. And so even for people that, you know, I, I think I could probably guess their pronouns perhaps, and that, you know, they appear to be cisgender people that, you know, this works for them using uh, cisgender uh, pronoun pronouns that match their uh, cisgender experience, I still like to ask because then I just know that I'm being considerate, you know, and mm -hmm. trying yeah. to like show respect to that person and being open too and like learning, right? Being open to learning more. So maybe someone that I'm assuming is cisgender is cisgender, but they want to use different pronouns. Maybe they like they and them better, right? Or the different pronoun that's out there. Great. Doesn't, doesn't bother me. Doesn't cost me anything to ask and then be respectful of that, you know? Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. This is a little like rehashing the exact same thing that you guys just said, but I want to be included. Do it. Um, there was, I saw this like case study that a researcher did on his own child was ethical. I don't know. Was it hilarious? Yes. Um, <laughs> but he, he wanted to know, he was like studying this language and he referenced the, uh, that snow language thing. Um, and like, if we didn't have words for things, would we be able to perceive them? Mm. Like we have words for things because we've perceived them and therefore we've created the words, but does it also work the other way? Um, and so he never taught his daughter the word blue, never wow. ever taught her the word blue, never talked about blue as its own unique color, never talked about it. And she grew up identifying blue, like what color is the sky? She would say white and blue was just a dark white. And that's, and we do that too, like with the whole like, is the dress white and gold or blue and black? Mm -hmm. Like in, depending on how we perceive the lighting, we see the white as being blue. Same thing for her, like she literally could not see the color blue as its own color. She could not discern between various shades of gray Whoa. and blues because like language wise, she couldn't differentiate. So how can she form thoughts to clearly categorize them? And so like, she like, it was just a study that, I mean, I don't know that it proved anything because it was a case study, but it was a really interesting hmm. like, show of how language affects us there have been over 200 different pronouns coined in publications wow. since the 1780s whoa wow. and That's a lot. not all of them have stuck yeah. um, a lot of them try like trying gender neutral pronouns trying sure. different like 
maybe there's like different levels of femininity, like different types of women, different sure. types of men, and they might have different pronouns. So lots of lots of pronouns that have been coined. Um, and to me, that's like having lots of different words for colors. Yeah. And like that is so many different opportunities for me to be able to really see people for who they are in a way that I might not be if I didn't have mm-hmm. words to define them. Not that I don't believe that people need labels and words to define them. But, you know, somebody's handing me like this word represents me. Yeah. Like, of course, I'm going to jump on that. Like I want to I don't want to blind myself and just see everything as different shades of white. You know, I want to be able to celebrate and understand people and cherish people and honor them. Yeah. So yeah, pretty much exactly what you guys just said. Cool. <laughs> that was a fascinating story. I don't I, know. Yeah. If I would have thought of that ahead of time, I would have like got the reference for it. Maybe yeah. I'll. Well, I think I've seen a. I didn't see that one, but I saw a similar. No, that's not. I saw something in like different languages and like places specifically, like had different amounts of words for all the colors like mm-hmm. our rainbow has seven colors in it yeah. this rainbow had 13 this wow. one had four and so i think it's so interesting yeah. that how it really like shapes perception to have words for things yeah um a word that we haven't used yet that i would like to maybe use is neo pronouns Ooh, um i feel like a lot of people get scared is that okay can i yeah. Yeah, I have a cool quote about it from the book that we were reading. But go. Oh, do your okay. Thing I have a I have a little explanation by um, what's her name? I know her last name. Oh no. Oh, Courtney Dillard. She's the assistant director of the Women's Gender and Sexuality Affairs at the University of Albany. Um, so this is her definition of neo pronouns. Um, neo is new, so neo pronouns suggest the concept of new pronouns, new ways of using, thinking about, and having pronouns, and having pronouns to help us shape and talk about our lives in more dynamic ways. Hmm. Which I think kind of relates to how we've all been yeah. talking about it, like mm-hmm. just having more dynamic ways to relate to your gender and how other people perceive you. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. There's a lot of um, like neo pronouns. Um, people call them neo. There's a lot of different names for them. Neo pronoun is one of them. Um, that would be like Z mm-hmm. and here. Mm-hmm. So like if Anya used Z and here pronouns, it would be like, oh, this is my sibling Anya. Z is very nice. And I live with Zem. I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how that pronoun set works. And here, cat. You know, like there. there's various sets of pronouns. Like people use E, S, M. Um, a whole wide variety, and they're called neo-pronouns, which is like new pronouns, but these new pronouns are not as new as we think they are. Right. Like when I hear, oh, neo-pronouns Z and here, I've never heard of that. That must be like maybe like a pandemic thing, you know? Like people spent <laughs> too much time alone in their rooms and they came up with all these, these 200 pronouns. But I have this quote from the book that we were reading, which was, what's your pronoun beyond he and she by Dennis Barron? And he said, um, Calling pronouns like Z and here new pronouns or neo-pronouns is misleading too because these words are relatively old. They may be enjoying a renaissance today, but Z appears in 1864, introduced by someone known only by the initials JWL, and here first popped up a century ago, invented or at least introduced to readers in California by the editor of the Sacramento Bee on August 14, 1920. So it... I, I like neo pronouns to me is a cool name for it. Okay. Like, like oh neo pronouns, but they're really not. They're not that new. They're not. But there is a renaissance. They they are being brought to the forefront as a popular normalized option. And again, like we were talking about, everything gender related is so political right now that of course neo pronouns are going to be like 
the hot topic. The, the victim <laughs> of, <laughs> yeah. They are. Um, but I love that point that they, you know, like, <laughs> it's fun in language, in, like, the English language that new can be several centuries old, right? Because, yeah. <laughs> you know, language has existed for a very long time. Um, and so new doesn't necessarily mean this year or mm-hmm. even a decade or, you know, it can it can be lots of things because we experiment with things as humans for long periods of time before we discard them or evolve them or, you know, or stick with it. So um, I think this brings us to a really interesting point where to talk about that sort of politicization that's happening around pronouns um, in terms of maybe even just reactions to pronouns, right? So we see individual reactions that are personal reactions, um, cultural reactions, as well as political reactions. So, so I wanted to ask you all, you know, what kind of personal reactions have you seen to pronouns in general um, in the day and age that we live in? A reaction that I hear a lot like a phrase that I hear thrown around is there's no uh, there's no pronouns in my constitution. Oh my goodness. Oh. I will now read to you the constitution That's and we will stop when we get to a pronoun. Okay. We Uh-huh. Yeah. It starts with a pronoun. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so there yeah. are pronouns everywhere. But I think people think of pronouns as like this political ideology. Right. And that specific politicizing of pronouns, no, is not in the Constitution. But the idea that there are no pronouns anywhere is not correct, but that's like something that I hear a lot as a reaction is like, oh, that's not one of my right. like long-standing values. That's not so, you know like yeah. not in my constitution, not in my it's not in the Bible, Sorry, whatever it is. Verbs, verbs are not a part of my long-standing values. So if you could just not use <laughs> verbs, yeah. thank you. Very <laughs> difficult. It's a part of speech. It's just it a part is. of your language. It is. But yeah, that's a, a common thing I hear is people feeling like this this concept of respecting other people's pronouns is being like imposed on yeah. upon them by this outside force with a specific agenda to like undermine their values and their way that they perceive gender and stuff. So it just seems like people are coming in and be like, no, you have to respect my gender and you have to whatever, which makes people get upset because they feel like they're being told how to live and then they're being told that they're hateful for not doing it. And then there's just like a lot of anger, which is kind of what we talked about at the beginning of this episode with like getting defensive of mm-hmm. being told that you're being transphobic. Yeah. So I do see a lot of like instant defensiveness, I think because this topic is introduced as a political topic and not as a human empathy yeah. topic, Yeah. Um, which just makes people jump straight to whatever they feel like they're supposed to believe politically and then cling to that desperately. (laughs) That's interesting. I think that's in particular interesting with the Constitution or something like the Declaration of Independence because I get what people are saying. Like this isn't, they're essentially saying this isn't how I was raised or what I believe Mm -hmm. are American values or values that resonate with me. But they're pointing to inherently political documents that were revolutionary documents at their time and that are deeply political and perhaps they're not political in the sense of... uh, around trans and non-binary people, but in other ways they are because Mm -hmm. we were one of the first societies that said all people have value. Um, All people should be, should have inalienable rights, right? That are not based on station, are not based on socioeconomic class, right? And certainly we've done that imperfectly, but we had those ideas, right? And so, I don't know, that's an interesting thing to me. Mm Yeah. How about you, Anya? How have you seen uh, personally personal responses and reactions to pronouns? I see 
a lot of like exasperation mm. from people mm. um, who feel that it's not their responsibility to memorize everybody's pronouns. Mm. And a lot, I see a lot of people like making themselves out to be the victim. Mm-hmm. Not that, yeah. Um, and I just happen to have been around a lot of people who use not he or she, yeah. and whose close relatives have been really disrespectful. Mm-hmm. So I've seen a lot of that, even if it wasn't aimed at me, it's still like hurtful to see because I'm like, this is a person I care about and mm-hmm. you're like not respecting that. Mm-hmm. Um, so I see mainly that like sort of like, like exhaustion from people, like, mm-hmm. oh, I just don't like, it's too much. I just don't want to handle it. Mm-hmm. So. Mm-hmm. Which is, <laughs> I'm not sure exactly how to navigate that yet. But sure, yeah. yeah. It does, I mean, it does seem overwhelming. Mm-hmm. Like, here's a whole new way to think about language, or it seems like this whole new way to think about language, right. and now you're expected to immediately catch up yeah. and be on board and know how to use all these pronouns and right. know what the correct thing, like the politically correct thing or the socially correct thing to do is, and that is, like, just really stressful to some people, and they'd rather not deal with it all. Sure then you know like dive in to the mess but really it's not that big of a, it's not that big of a deal it's not that big of a mess it's just like some small language yeah. adjustments but it does seem overwhelming especially with i don't know how big of a deal is being made out of it in sure. like media and politics at the moment yeah but my my favorite reaction to this like pronoun revolution mm-hmm. is from kids who can finally start using the pronouns that oh, they want to use. That's cute. Aww. And I, when I worked, I worked as the guest services director at a ice skating rink and I like handled almost all of the customer accounts. So if somebody wanted to change their name, um, were wanting to change a gender marker or anything, they would come to me. And I had um, there's like this, st- I, I'm going to get into stereotypes, but there's this <laughs> stereotype about non-binary names oh. that everyone just picks an inanimate object as their name. <laughs> or like, So there's all these non-binary people called like Forest and Bone and okay. Bug. And, oh, you know, just like me. If, you don't, <laughs> if you don't need to pick a boy name or a girl name, you can yeah. pick whatever cool word you want to be your name as your name, you know? Sure. So there's like this whole world of possibilities, but there's just this funny stereotype of like just picking like an inanimate object and that's your name now. <laughs> so somebody came up to me and they were like really shy and they were like, I really would like to change my name on my name badge. Can I do that? And I was like, yeah. And they gave me a name that was, you know, like an inanimate object name. Uh-huh. And I was like, okay, um, do you, I can make a note on your account if you have pronouns that you want or the instructors to use. And they were like, floor, like, you can do that? Like, yeah, we can do that. Like, we want to, like, make you comfortable when you're in our classes. And I want to make you comfortable when you come up to the front desk and, you know. And they were like, oh, my gosh, yeah, I use they, them pronouns. And just seeing, like, how they went from being, like, super uncomfortable coming up to the front, not wanting to talk to me, not wanting to talk to anybody, just wanting to go to class with their head down and get through it. Mm-hmm. Go- going from that immediately to being like, I can be who I am and I can have a good time and people are gonna see me and honor me. So that's like, that's the side of the reaction to this cultural revolution of pronouns that I think is more exciting than the negative reactions is how liberating and how fun and how amazing it is for people to be able to express themselves how they wanna express themselves and be honored by people who believe as a society more and more that it is 
completely normal and not just an okay or an acceptable thing to do, but the right thing to do to yeah. honor that. Yeah. I think um, I'm a, a little bit older than both of you. And so for me, what I see is a lot more comfort from when I came out and, you know, first learned about non-gendered pronouns or gender neutral pronouns. I, I see so many more people using them and like seamlessly, like to me, sometimes it's shocking where I'm like, wow, there's so many people using like they and them and just doing it, you know, <laughs> and like not questioning it. Like it feels it, it, and maybe that's, you know, just like, I don't know, just my, I'm sure that's just my experience of, you know, from in the nineties coming out and, you know, those things being received very differently to now, you know, seeing parents like using they and them for their kids or their grandparents using them for their grandkids or even being on television shows or something like that. I mean, that's culturally, you know, I think we've shifted a lot where, you know, during my day, I think, gosh, I can't even remember, like, I don't remember other than like Tootsie, any trans characters and that wasn't a trans character or like <laughs> uh, Tu Wong Fu, right, with the Patrick Swayze and Wesley Snipes. Uh, drag queens um but you know we didn't have characters like we didn't have out lgbtq characters and when we did it was typically like something really intense and sad and like tortured and you know like it was just not like today you know watching any number of programs or movies or series or anything like that there's so much representation and people using they and them as singular pronouns. And for me, sometimes I just sit back and I'm like, wow, this is like a whole different world. You know, <laughs> like from little teenage me that had no idea that trans people existed and then seeing all of this amazingness, you know? Yeah, I yeah. think it's super cool that we have characters. Yeah. And like I have my, my comfort show is yeah. Steven Universe. Ah. Um, and there's like a lot of just like gender queer. Nice in there um, which is super fun but uh, we also have like a lot more like public figures are like yeah. coming out like Jonathan Van Ness uses mm -hmm. they them like Bella Ramsey and The Last of Us yeah uh, they're like getting really popular again yeah um, and it's just like really cool to see not only like characters but like real people yeah. that are allowed to be who they are in the public eye and they're celebrated and I'm sure they have like backlash and like sure haters but everybody does yeah, yeah. <laughs> and so it's really comforting to see that yeah like the people my age and younger than me like being I mean and older than me but I mean I'm not around too many people unfortunately but just like people being more accepting and people like yeah. somebody I hardly know says like Jonathan Van Ness like I love their hair and just like people using things so seamlessly yeah. and like it's not been too like I haven't been around too long and like aware of what's going on in the, like the world and the social scene um, <laughs> but even like with my short experience like it's really cool to see how far we've come yeah and I think we're gonna continue to go far Definitely. and it's like spooky and scary <laughs> and like people are rude about it or people are overwhelmed but there's also a lot of like positive yeah change there's definitely a lot of positive change there's a lot of uh, we the conversation is often labels people as being hateful um like people who are transphobic or homophobic are so full of hate and yeah there's a lot of hate in our culture and society right now but i think like 
transphobic is a phobia. Like I do think a lot of it is based in fear. Yeah. And I think a lot of this, um, this pronoun conversation is kind of seeped in fear. There's fear of change, mm-hmm. fear of being inconvenienced, fear of being wrong, fear of society's moral code changing, and now suddenly you are not like labeled the good person that you used to be, or you know, like there's a lot of levels of anxiety that people have, yeah. and there then that causes anger because if they don't understand why this is happening, they'll be like, oh, well, you're inconveniencing me and making this a big deal for nothing, and you have this agenda, or, you right. know, like, there's just, there's a lot of misunderstanding, a lot of fear, and a lot of walls being put up between people that are stopping any sort of conversation from happening to increase empathy and help people understand, like, why are these your pronouns? Why do I want you to honor my pronouns? Sure. Well, you know, like, what even is, ha- what are pronouns? I feel like a lot of that conversation isn't happening because there's just wall after wall of defensiveness, yeah. especially with how political everything is. Yeah. Um, so I just want to let our listeners know, like, this is the Gender Curious podcast. We're all about being curious. We're all about learning. If pronouns are something that you are not comfortable with, if it's something that you struggle with, if you have somebody in your life who is changing their pronouns and you are having a really hard time getting on board or catching up. We do not think that you are a hateful, horrible person. Um, We are not trying to shame you. We're not gonna sit here and laugh at you and be like, only only good people can, you know, good people would have gotten it right away. That is not at all the case. And on the flip, flip side, if you are somebody who is having like being misgendered or you're scared to change your pronouns or you're changing your pronouns and it's hard, um, we just want to extend our empathy and compassion and the love for you and excitement that you are on this journey. And it can be hard, but it also can be beautiful. Um, And something that I would like to address, and we talked about it before, was that pronouns and gender are are very linked. Gender to pronouns and gender are very linked. But gender does not always equal pronouns and pronouns do not always equal gender. Right. So just because somebody is using a certain set of pronouns does not mean that they need to now act a certain way, dress a certain way, right. look a certain way. Right. Just because somebody uses they, them pronouns does not mean that they owe it to anyone to be androgynous. Yeah, yeah, and and they can, right? Like I, when I started using he and him pronouns, I that felt so affirming to me and in, in my masculinity and my manhood and that's okay too right mm-hmm. like they can be both like I, I love the instead of an either or it's a both and right like for mm-hmm. like for people that their pronouns are connected to their gender you go you that's great and for people that they aren't that's great too you know they're both great and they're both a part of the human experience and there's room for all of it and what we hope this podcast does and and you know what we're hopefully we're creating uh, a space in the digital world where people can find um, respect, dignity, and acceptance in all of those aspects of using pronouns. Whether you're trans and non-binary, cisgender, we want you to be living your best life, mm-hmm. feeling like you are the human being you are that is deserving of respect and dignity. And we're here hopefully to be a resource for folks in your life, mm-hmm. um, so that everybody can treat the people around them with respect and dignity. That's really the end goal. And yep. and we think pronouns are one small way that we can all do that for each other. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, I'll say something to that too before we close up. Um, what I'm really excited about as we progress towards accepting more pronouns is that 
the pronouns, even if they do align with your gender or if they're very connected for you or if they're not. Yeah. Um, no matter what, as we like become more open and accepting and using more and finding your own terms and labels or just using the one that you were assigned and that works for you, that's great. Um, it's just really opening the world for everybody to be just who they are. Mm -hmm. You don't have to be a certain way. Yeah. If you're using he, him, you don't have to look masculine. If you right. use she, her, yeah. you don't have to look feminine. Yeah. If you do, that's awesome. I use she, they, and I'm pretty feminine and <laughs> androgynous, so <laughs> I pretty much stick inside a little box. But this, I, it's really exciting that I think the box is being opened and yeah. stomped down. <laughs> <laughs> it's just really cool to like to see expression yeah. move away from gender and towards like individuality. Hmm. Yeah, that's lovely. Yeah, my uh, if I could leave a little bit of advice, I guess, and which is the advice that we leave at the end of every episode. <laughs> that as this conversation is happening, as you're learning, as we're growing, stay curious, yeah. like stay open. If you are uncomfortable, curiosity is often the first step to a beautiful level of understanding. You don't have to know everything. You don't have to be perfect. You don't have to never make a mistake, but just having an open heart and a curiosity as to why people feel the way they do, why people are the way they are, and how you can love them for who they are makes like a vast world of difference. And for people who are the experiencers of the pronoun changes and the gender dysphoria or whatever it is, stay curious about yourself. Yeah. You know, yeah. stay curious about what is your experience. Absolutely. My pronoun use has changed over time as I've discovered myself. You know, it never it never hurts to keep keep an open mind. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. We're all growing all the time, right? Yeah, you don't yeah. have to limit yourself or put an end on your growth. Right. That's ridiculous. Oh my gosh, let's hope we never do. Right? <laughs> let's keep growing as human beings our whole lives. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Well, y'all, this was a lovely episode. Anya, it was so fun to have you on yeah. the show. I feel like we need to have you on more. This is delightful. I'll get used to <laughs> knowing how to say words. It's okay. <laughs> it's okay. You did wonderful. <laughs> well, thank you so much for having me. I oh. had a very lovely chat. This was... Wonderful. Yeah, this is a lot of fun. Landon, it's always fun to podcast with you. Always You're fun. You're just the best. Right. I'm looking forward to next week, which yes. we're going to record in like three days, but That's we're going to pretend like it's next week. Exactly. <laughs> so, next All week. right, well, okay. until then, though, right. stay curious. <laughs> stay curious. Thank you for listening to today's episode of Gender Curious. You can find us weekly on every major podcast provider on Facebook at Gender Curious Podcast and Instagram at Gender Curious Pod. Please like, follow, share. It would mean so much to us if you could leave us a five-star review on whatever platform you're using. If you have questions or if you just want to reach out, we would love to hear from you. You can email us at hi at gendercuriouspod.com uh, or you can DM us on any of our social media. We'll be back next week with another episode. And until then, stay, stay curious. curious. Gender Curious is recorded at Full Swing Studios and is a member of the One Community Podcast Network. Oh,